had the the vengeance episode yeah yeah we did that and that's been two weeks two weeks so three for you easily all right well we're back um well, let's open this thing i'm gonna open i'm gonna open the wikipedia because after we do this intro i'm gonna say something about this being like a fever dream <laughs> all right <laughs> okay Hey listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, which we will spoil. And um, recently watched, we'll try not to spoil. No promise. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't see that eye roll shrug motion from Will. Yeah. But, uh, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Um, you can find their music on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy it digitally. And you can say hello to them on the... Um, Facebook? The Facebook? Yeah. Not the Instagram? Oh, yeah. The Maybe, Instagram. I don't know. Probably the Facebook. Facebook's Instagram. Yeah. They own... Well... They do own it. Yeah, they own it. So what's the difference? So... So uh, say hi to them on Facebook where they are, the moon dash rays. And we are chewing the scenery, I think. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. Uh, you that, can cut that embarrassing bit out. Right. I'll do that. Um, so a, a woman who works at our shop was looking at reviews of our show. I don't know why. Um, and Stuff to use it against you. Oh, that's you. Sorry. Okay. We have a decoy mic here. Jillian was going to talk into a mic that isn't even... Go ahead. We'll cut all that out, too. Sure we will. You betcha. Uh, some, somebody gave a, a mostly positive review of us, but they said, they, they, hopefully they're listening, they said we were a little soft-spoken for them, which, I don't know. My goodness. <laughs> well, I never. I can see that. Yeah. We, we don't, like, we're not. Sometimes we don't sit close enough to the microphone. That happens. We don't talk over each other much like uh, other podcasts, and you can't. What? <laughs> You can't. No, tell. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like. So what are you saying? Like, someone's like really excited about a movie, and then everyone's excited about yeah. it, and you, you're like, "What movie are they talking about?" They yeah. sound really keen on it, but I don't know what they're talking about. It's one of my favorite knock knock jokes. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. <laughs> Go away, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of your shenanigans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, we're off to a great start. You guys are drinking tequila. Yep. Technically. Um, it's probably pretty weak. It's very weak. Um, it's the pre-mixed crap. Pollinated by bats. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Exclusively. The only creatures that pollinate the agave that yes. makes tequila. No kidding. And uh, people's obsession with uh, agave syrup is... Uh, Killing those bats. Is it? Yeah. Oh, God. Really? And they say they don't want to get honey from bees. Huh. 
Just don't understand. Just eat sugar, you idiots. <laughs> just eat less of it. Yeah. Don't worry about the glycemic index. It's not going to save you. Hey, one of those um, billionaire guys died today. Coke. Yes. Yeah, one of the Koch brothers. And uh, guess what? He didn't take it with him. He didn't? Nope. Are you sure? Nope. The money's all still in the bank. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't mean to sound, you know, cold. How, how long will money be in the banks, given our uh, current situation? Well, his, his family is going to gather for a reading of the will mm-hmm. at, at the mansion. Yes. Oh, and then they'll kill one another. <laughs> Mysteriously. Mysteriously. Yeah. Or someone dressed in a cat mask or something. Yeah. Or a yeah. bat costume. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, we haven't done this together in this room for a few weeks, and here we are again. Um have you guys had a chance to watch stuff, read stuff, do stuff? Yes. Uh, who wants to kick this off? Jolian, do you want to kick yeah. it off? You finally finished reading uh, Return of the Living Dead by John Russo. Yeah, so John wrote the original... Finished, got tired of. <laughs> no, I finished it. I, I plowed through the book finally. Like, um, I had enough enough time to myself later at night to be able to read. and sometimes Under the covers with the flashlight. Te- yeah, it's the but, spookiest time to <laughs> read. Preferably. Return of the Living Dead. Well, for any listeners who don't know, this novel was written by John Rousseau uh, after, of course, Night of the Living Dead, and it has nothing whatsoever, well, outside of reanimated corpses, has nothing whatsoever to do with the movie Return of the Living Dead. Uh, It's his in name only, I guess. Yeah, he did did do a novelization of the film Mm -hmm. after it came out, but this this is like a... Uh, they were going to do a sequel to the night, the original Night of the Living Dead right. in the early 70s, and that's when this is from. So yeah. it was, I think it was Columbia Pictures. It's a good story. Bleak. So bleak. Yeah, and as a fast reader, I read it several times when I was a kid. including <laughs> a, a bleak zombie story? Yeah. <laughs> You'd hope it would just be like, and they lived happily ever after, and the zombies went away. At the end. Uh, um, nope. Yeah, including at scout camp when uh, I read it to the, the little scouts, my fellow scouts. No oh, kidding. That's awesome. In the woods at night. Oh, that's oh, amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> Did anyone freak out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Good. I always <laughs> like to hear some that. some people. That's important. I hope. So, um, yeah, the reading that was, was good because it, it reminded me that somebody who could tell a story wrote the original and mm-hmm. um, or co-wrote. I don't remember if that was a... If, uh, yeah, he co-wrote it with with Romero, yeah. with George A. Romero, and some elements of this novel were in his. You know, he did that remix of Not the Living Dead, mm-hmm. which is pretty poor. I don't like it. No. Yeah, and you guys have heard me say I don't believe the the uh, the priest or preacher, whatever he is, mm. looking like Anton Lavey <laughs> in the late '60s. Not likely. In fact, probably impossible. <laughs> the least like I, I will believe the reanimated corpses before I will believe uh, a, a priest or preacher that looks like Anton LaVey <laughs> in today's world maybe back mm-hmm. then not so much well yeah. it was after Vatican too so I maybe <laughs> maybe um, they were a lot looser on the the looks yeah maybe your priest they were, ah, he plays the guitar and he raps with the kids <laughs> yeah Where's them flare legs? He has legs? a Van Dyke and... <laughs> the flare leg pants. Yeah. <laughs> Could you see the Pope wearing bell bottoms? I can now. Yeah. 
I just pictured it. This is good. <laughs> so, Julian, go ahead. Tell, us, <laughs> tell us what you watched. Uh, well, last weekend was the uh, uh, Fort Collins Comic Con. How was that? A.K.A. Foco Coco. Foco Coco. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was awarded with the, uh, the inaugural belt of the Draw Off Championship. Oh. Very nice. Yes. <clears throat> Congratulations. It looks like a wrestling belt. It was a. Uh, it was be- it beautifully does. crafted in the uh, two minutes of the final round with a couple of markers. Oh, okay. So it's uh, yeah. Ah, so you won a magic marker belt. Yep. And what did you draw to win it? Uh, so in, in this contest, uh, we so we had an uh, we had an audience, and then there was five people up on the stage uh, drawing on these papers on the wall, and um, and the audience would yell out uh, an animal. And a job. Oh, okay. So, like, dog construction worker. Yeah, and then, uh, and then the, the the final round, they yelled out uh, two animals and two jobs. Oh, wow. ooh, uh, man, locust, uh, mailman, and eel grocery bagger. So uh, the uh, <laughs> that's good. I like the second one. The, the final drawing I did was uh, a raccoon kangaroo dentist chef. Ah. All together? Yep. Oh, oh okay. so you had to combine... I thought that's what you had to do, but I was the only one who did. Other <laughs> so... people did this kind of uh, this kind of scene with both of them. Oh. You only had like five minutes to draw it. So. Oh. So did you save your drawings? Uh, no, I gave them to... Uh, Charity? You know, people in the audience. <laughs> oh, that's great. Tore them up and distributed them. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I just, uh, just signed each scrap. One girl came up and said she really liked it, so I gave it to her. All right, that's great. But uh, yeah, that was fun. And uh, there was, they have a, um, uh, I think I was the only pro comics artist there. They have a bunch of people who like to draw comics. Yeah. But, but they have real jobs, mm-hmm. uh, which is very sensible. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they had uh, uh, some guest animators, so they had some people who've. Uh, being animators at Disney. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I found myself, you know, they they pick us all, all the guests up and and drive us to the show and you know to and from the hotels. And uh, so I was in this van with all these uh, Disney animators, uh, one of whom is the new voice of Minnie Mouse. Wow. So it, it was kind of strange listening to them talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. Well, all right. And then uh, on on the Saturday night, uh, like the uh, one of the people who organises it, they've turned their garage into um, a, a home theatre. So they've got these old movie seats they they bought cheap. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they've, they've ranged them in like steps. Okay. Like, the theatre, and then they've got this huge screen, and they can project Blu-rays and whatnot onto Man. it. Yeah. So uh, you know, with all that setup, you'd expect it would be this. Uh, they'd only choose the very best movies, and and they did. They they played uh, Transformers the movie. Oh wow! Which I'd never seen before. Wow! Starring Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles. Yeah. Ooh. Robert Stack. Have you seen Ooh. that one? Yeah. Wait, we're talking about Transformers, not the new. Not ones. the Michael Bay ones. No, oh. the cartoon that came out in like eighty six, eighty seven. What? Yeah. I've heard nothing of this. Oh, it's crap. Well, I mean, yeah, you'd expect it's, this. It's not crap. No, it's, no, no. It, the story kind of makes sense, and uh, you can tell who everyone is. Okay, um, fair enough. And the, the animation is, you know, it is 
it's uh, I mean, it's impressive because you've got you having to draw all these yeah very complex objects moving pretty fast. So there's some there is some impressive animation. In there. Yeah, they they did spend more money on the animation mm-hmm. than they did on the TV show. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we all enjoyed that. All right. We'd have enjoyed anything in that state of mind. Oh yeah, really. that sounds like an awesome theater. Yeah, it was great. Um, do you want to go? Go. I, I've seen more stuff. Go. Oh, uh, well, maybe, I watched uh, yeah. Avengers Endgame. You saw that one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I saw that one when it came out. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. It's kind of brutal what Thanos did to Howard the Duck. Oh, it was. Yeah, but that, that orange sauce looked delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I was sad to see Night Nurse die. Yeah. You know. Bring back Night Nurse. Um, have you seen that one? Nope, not yet. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's, it was good. Yeah. It's exhausting. It was one of those long movies that didn't feel like it was, you know, 16 and a half hours long or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, and this is like the payoff of, what, 22 movies now? Yeah. So it's like, it's all big moments and payoff and, and um, you know, it's, it's quite exhausting, but it's, it's really good. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Uh, let's see. All right. Um Speaking of superhero epic movies, uh, Rama, Superman, Indonesia, from 1974. Ooh. Comes in a brisk 74 minutes. Sounds fantastic. When superhero movies did that? No. Um, This is directed by Franz Totokas. A-R-S. I I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, If he is listening. This is like the Christopher Reeves Superman with the credits that go on and on. Oh. They go on for like four minutes. Wow. Uh, you've got a newspaper boy named Andy, who's played by Boy Shalani, um, who uh, chases a thief and clobbers him. And when he clobbers people, there's this like brief, you know, a few frames of flash drawn <laughs> yeah. onto a, a, a screen. Uh, and then you cut to someone being knocked off a roof by a man in a mask with big ears. And he turns out to be the Black Dragon. Uh, Andy helps a schoolgirl named uh, uh, Leah um, catch a butterfly. Um, and then he tends to an old man in the forest who gives him a butterfly medallion and then vanishes. And then when Andy kisses the medallion, he turns into Rama. So this okay. standard superhero guy. Uh, kind of looks like a guitarist out of Metallica. I mean, he's got a cape. Wow. Um, Kirk Hammett with a cape? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and he uh, stops the... Tr- a train from creaming a little baby. Uh, and Leah loves Rama, but uh, not the boy. Um, mm, classic so, Superman. So will he save her from the dwarf-operated uh, pendulum? <laughs> Probably um, not. Uh, there's a pleasant kind of jazzy score. I don't know how much of it is library music. But uh, it's got lots of uh, groovy guitar whacking on it. Um, yeah, quite, I enjoyed this one. Where'd you find this? <sighs> I can't remember now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Probably on, it was online somewhere. Okay. Rama, Superman in Indonesia. Uh, then I watched uh, The Curse of La Llorona. Oh. So this is the latest Llorona movie. I heard um, bad things about this. Yeah. Uh, it's the worst kind of exploitation movie because it's boring. Is this, yeah. the, is this the one with the thing coming out of the bathtub or whatever? Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, I think Ziggy talked about that briefly. Did she, she, she saw that? 
I think she did. Um, I don't know if she talked about it on the show or when we were getting ready to record, but um, it looked very formulated. Yep, yep. And like they were just going to like insert jump scare here. Right. Stop yeah. Stop it. I kind of worry about the uh, the uh, stuff coming out of the studio or the, the franchises because on they, they make a lot of money, so they're going to keep pumping them out. But uh, it's just so formulaic, and that can only go on so long before people like you know, they find something else. And I worry that's going to kill the genre for another few years. Yeah, like um, zombie movies. People are so sick of it. <laughs> and they're still coming out. Yep. There's four more coming out this month. I'm sure there are. Uh, yeah. So this is produced by James Wan, of course. Uh, directed by Michael Chavez, who. I think he was he was working he was like second unit or something on previous movies and he's he's going to direct the next Conjuring movie. Um, it's, it's pretty dull. Do we yeah. need any more Conjuring movies? <laughs> yeah. Do, do we need to see another skinny woman menacing people? Um, but this one was wet. Yeah. Uh, this this stars uh, Linda Cardellini. Um, she did voice work as Velma and Scooby Doo. Really. There you mean go. the original? No. no recent stuff. Oh, okay. Must have been recent stuff, because she was on ER, Mad Men. Okay. Freaks and Geeks. Oh, okay, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Marisol Ramirez as La Llorona. Um, Tony Menda as uh, Father Perez. He was in Annabelle. Um, Annabelle, she gets around, making a lot of cameos. Yeah. Uh, Raymond Cruz as uh, Rafael Overa. Um, he's from, he was in Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. Um, so so in this in this version, this is uh, this is the Mexican version of the story. So she's this woman who drowned her own kids. Yes. Um, that on this legend goes back on this as least as far as the conquistadors. You know, there's some Mayan versions which go way back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in, in this version, she's drowned her own kids and she's cursed to wander in the earth, and she she like, likes to drown other kids. Um, so yeah. she's after the, uh, uh, Linda Cardellini's uh, children. Um, so this hints the social worker mother uh, will face abuse charges. You know, if people think it's actually her abusing yeah. the kids. Uh, but it kind of drops that. Um, so all you have to do is wait for the right patriarchal figure to turn up with the right toolbox. Huh. You know, is it going to be a priest and or, yeah. or, or something you know, to step in and save them all? So it's pretty old, a throwback yeah. way of dealing with the story. Um, the movie kids, they're just movie kids. I didn't buy them as actual characters. I mean, the performances are okay, but yeah, they, they just seem like movie kids. Um, so I didn't care about them much, which is pretty vital for this yeah. story to work, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't feel there's was, was really a, a genuine threat to them. Um, so yeah, Dell. Um Stick with Curse of the Crying Woman or sure. the original 30s La Llorona movie. Uh, all right. Speaking of Annabelle, uh, Shazam 2019. Have you seen this one? No. Still haven't. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a very familiar superhero movie stuff. You know, bald villain, British actor, Mark Strong again. Um, bus teetering off a bridge. Ooh. They not did. seen that one before. No. <laughs> Uh, but it grounds the story in a working class uh, Philly um, situation Um, it spends so much time with with these people that you're kind of wondering where the super stuff went Uh, Mm. it it comes through with some really good fulfillment you know powerful fulfillment 
wishes at the at the end. Okay. Um, there's in jokes about the, the original Fawcett comics and references to C.C. Beck, etc. Oh. And uh, Annabelle makes a cameo. Really. Annabelle with a cameo. Yeah. The, wow. I mean, she was also in um, Aquaman, which is oh, much harder to spot in Aquaman. But yeah, she, wow. There she is in Shazam. Uh, right. I uh, also saw Alita Battle Angel. It's the new movie oh, from Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. Did you see that? No. No. It's really good. Uh, the 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 future city they have in it is really convincing. Good. Ooh, it's nice. not like a slick, sleek place that looks like it's all done by one architect. Yeah. It's like this kind of mess of um, structures and architectures and you know people piled on top of each other. Is it dirty and bleak? Uh, a lot of the areas are dirty and bleak, but there's you know there's posh areas as well, and of course the really posh people are in this uh, uh, satellite. Oh yeah. Uh, city. Um, so this is based on the uh, manga by uh, Yukita Koshiro, uh, screenplay by James Cameron, and uh, later Calagridis. Um, and James Cameron's been wanting to make this since 2000. Yeah. Um, I think he he dropped this in favor of doing the Avatar series mm. um, so this stars uh, Rosa Salazar as Alita um, she was named Galley in the manga I think um, Christoph Waltz as the uh, cyberneticist who kind of rebuilds her yeah uh, Jennifer Connelly as Dr. Chiren uh, Jackie O'Haley is pretty much unrecognisable as one of the big bads um uh, Rick Yoon, uh, Derek Mears. So there's, there's a who was Jason 2009. So yes. You've got uh, Freddie 2010 and Jason 2009 yeah. both in this movie. Ooh. Uh, Edward Norton's in it as one character. I won't give away. Uh, refers back on like the like the manga. It's referring back to like European science fiction of you know going back to the 20s. So yeah. Back a hundred years. So like the there's these Russian movies called uh, Elita in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Metropolis is a big oh, okay. thing in this. Of course, yeah. uh, Astro Boy. It reminds you of Astro Boy. Um, and there's this great kind of future game. You know, if, if you're into like rollerball and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, I wish there was more of that. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, I recommend that one a lot. All right. That's I it. saw the anime a long time ago. Oh yeah. It was pretty good. It was the one we watched numerous times. Okay. Uh, I checked that out. If you can find it anywhere. Um, yeah, what'd you watch? Well, it's been so long. Um, I watched most recently Punisher Season 2 on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, I did not watch the first season <laughs> because I feel like comic book shows should be treated like comic <laughs> books. And you don't get all the comic books because yeah. your mom didn't take you to the grocery store. Sometimes I skip episodes. So I'm like, oh, I don't get to see episode 11 of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see the flaw in your argument. I really like that. I know a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start on comics. You start anywhere. It's all crap. Uh, <laughs> well. Um, no, I enjoyed The Punisher. I don't know quite why. Uh, I did notice the actor's probably my height. So I'm saying 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, He's supposed to play a man 6'1". Not always very convincing. They wrote a whole scene where Deborah Ann Wool, so I think that's her name. Uh, she was on True Blood. Oh, okay. Uh, redhead teenage yeah. vampire. Yeah. Uh, 
she has to give up her shoes at some point so she can walk around in the hospital. So when the Punisher walks up to her to have a conversation, they're at like the same height. Mm. Whereas I'm like, no, she's got to be like 5'10", 5'11", in real life. Right. Um, Anyway, that's enough of the Punisher. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I finished up, uh, what's that show called? Orange is the New Black. All right. So I'm not gonna be sad to see it go. So is the humor back at all? Uh, yeah. Thankfully, they they cut kind of they put a little more humor in. The first four episodes are like the most bleak thing you've seen since The Handmaid's Tale. So Orange is the New Bleak. Yes. Okay. I like that. Can I just ask about the Punisher because I watched the first season and enjoyed it, but when I heard they were they were taking it off Netflix, um, I I didn't bother with the rest of it because I thought they'd just leave me hanging. So do they, uh, do they end it? Or? Yeah, season two does wrap it up. Okay. Um, it ties back into the first season uh, with a character. I won't mention who. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but they they wrap everything up at the end. They clearly knew they weren't going to get another season on Netflix, whereas some shows they end on a cliffhanger or mm-hmm. something because they don't know, and Netflix is like, nope, you get three seasons, that's it. Right. Um, yeah, I would have uh, maybe liked, uh, maybe if they had split this season, the second season of the Punisher into two, made a, made one character a villain and the third one, instead of putting two villains in it, kind of suffers from the two villain, uh, part three, (laughs) syndrome, Yeah. yeah, we'll call it a syndrome. It is a syndrome. Um, and I watched a few episodes of Glow season three. How is it so far? Um, it's okay. Um, it's gone downhill. I think this should probably it be it. I felt like season two could have been it. Felt like it could have been a great one season show. Yeah, I was glad to see the characters come back in season two. Season three, it's kind of like mm. they in their little wrestling routine. They keep doing the same routine every night they're now in vegas okay and i feel like that's kind of representative of the show you feel like i've seen all this shit before they just start recycling it yeah um how's mark maron doing in the in this he's good he's good i like him in that i like the characters you know that's what keeps me watching um but it feels a little tired okay you know i'm gonna keep watching i mean i watch like half a season in one day but this is weird. Uh, Netflix doesn't have like a standardized limit on this show. So some of the episodes are like 28 minutes long and others are like 45 minutes long. Huh. You know, I've seen that where like there's a standard episode length and then some of them are a little under, a little over. Like we're talking two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. But then they'll do like a half season uh, finale or a season premiere where they do 90 minutes or yeah. 45 minutes, depending on what your thing is based on it, allowing for commercials. If it were to be aired on network television, you know, so. yeah. Orange is the new blacks. Last episode was 90 minutes. They're usually an hour and they tend to stick to that Yeah, within, you know, a couple minutes here and there. But yeah, glow is like one of the episodes is only 26 minutes long. And the other one's like, 50 minutes long right. and they're in the middle of the season i mean there's no seasons anymore but no <laughs> both on tv and outside I see right the, the second uh season or whatever of uh, mind hunters is on yeah Netflix i now. still need to watch the first season it's, that's really good 
I've heard great things, and I like uh, uh, the director, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. He did some episodes, but I don't know. I yeah, just like, haven't gotten around to I, it. I was worried about it, too, because like, I'm not into watching true crime stuff. Yeah. But it is really good. It, is, it focuses on the FBI agents and how they're creating their investigation. I figure, like, a uh, uh, true detective I'll get around to watching at some point. You haven't watched any of it? No. Wow. The first and third, I think you'll like. The second one, maybe not as much. I heard the second one's crap. Well, I've heard um, people say that. I mean, it's better than most other shit out there, so... Yeah. What are you going to do? And then, for the big thing I watched, was Midsummer. Oh. How was that? Midsummer is a breakup movie. Oh. So this is, uh, what is his name? Ari Asher. Mm-hmm. Uh, latest movie. He did a Hereditary. Okay. Um, he likes certain elements, cults, uh... People who are kind of driven by unseen forces. So he kind of plays with these elements. Um, um, Midsummer, unlike Hereditary, is the most intense horror movie I've seen. Um, In a good way? In a good way. Like, we watched it, and I was... uh, We left, and we're like, wow, it was really well done. Um... The characters speak like real people, but they're still horror movie tropes, sort of. Okay. Uh, basically, this is a... Uh, I know people have compared it to The Wicker Man, which it very, very much has a, a similar theme. Uh, but I thought it was more along the lines of, like, Cannibal Ferox or okay. Holocaust, where it's... Or uh, what was the... Uh, Green Inferno. Green Inferno. Uh, it is a group of American kids going over to Sweden, uh, invited by a friend, and uh, they're wrapped up in a in a crazy cult. And just like they treat, uh, you know, natives in Cannibal Ferox, sure, those movies, you know, like the you know the real v- villains are always. Like, the american kids or whatever well, the the yeah. tourists but mm-hmm. but they also kind of villainize the the people so it's it's interesting because they made up this sort of crazy norse pagan uh cult that lives out in the middle of nowhere and uh these college grad students get taken out there and uh you know everything's gonna go bad <laughs> sure and you feel like Anything that happens that is horror-related, for the most part, there are a couple kind of shocking scenes, but for the most part, you're you're kind of relaxed. You're like, I know where this is going. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. It looks great. The really tense moments come between uh, the main character, a girl, and uh, usually I remember people's names. I think it was Sarah. but uh, Sure. Uh, and I don't remember her boyfriend's name at all. Um, their interactions... They're in a decaying relationship that should have ended years ago. But both of them are too afraid to, to pull the plug. Right. Um, their interactions are where most of the tension in the movie comes from. And I took it as like, you want to yell at the screen, just break up already. <laughs> just tear the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And they do this over and over. And it's like, oh, you know, he's like, 
you know I wanted to go to Sweden. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't think you were really going to go. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, the guys are saying okay. And then she kind of gets her way to get into the group with him. But his friends don't really like her that much. You know, he's totally emotionally distant to her when some shocking event kicks off the movie, which the opening... Is, I mean, I like the whole movie, but the opening before the credits is amazing. And and you think it's going to be a totally different film. I'm kind of just slightly disappointed that it wasn't more involved with the rest of the film. It mostly sets up this horrible emotional thing that happens to her, this tragedy that when she goes to the boyfriend, he's, he's not there for her. Uh. He's like, are we going to hang out tonight? I thought I thought we were gonna hang out. You know, I'm smoking a joint with so and so. She's like, oh, I just you know I really want to hang out. Blah blah blah. Anyway, um, uh, I after after seeing it, I heard the the uh, director say it was a breakup movie. <laughs> so uh, I totally agree. Um, I'd go see it. All right. I think it's probably completed its run now. So wait till it's on Netflix. Or Prime or Hulu or you know, I, Tubi. I, I realized this morning <clears throat> that I had not uh, that. Oh, there's a Tarantino movie out there that I hadn't seen that uh, is probably done with its theatrical run, unless you're talking about I the, hope not. the $2 or $4 cinemas, whatever they're the Elvis that we have here in Denver. Um, that's what it's called the Elvis. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cheap cinemas. Um, yeah, I, I really need to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I haven't seen it. But it's like a three-hour movie, so when am I going to go like carve out three hours of time for that? Maybe while I'm in Atlanta for Dragon Con. That might happen. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, was that it for your list? That's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I too. think it's a good idea. Um, we should try to go see that if it's still playing somewhere. That would be cool. I'll have to look it up. Um, since last time, <clears throat> I've been pretty busy with work stuff and working on the coloring book. Um, for listeners who are just jumping in, we are making a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. It's almost done. Uh, we have to do the cover we art. finished 1 through 8. <laughs> yes, plans 1 through 8 were <laughs> fails. We're convinced Plan 9 is going to be the one that gets it done. Um, if your heart can can take grave robbers <laughs> the shocking facts just the shocking facts of grave robbers from outer space forward by can we can we say this now is it okay to reveal the big it's your project yeah uh, why not yeah well You're the boss by the time you hear this uh it'll it'll be close to release date on this thing um dana gould was kind enough to write a forward for us and uh He's a friend of the show and a really cool guy and the authority, as far as I'm concerned, the authority on Plan 9 from Outer Space. I don't know if anyone knows more about it than he does. Uh, there probably are some nerds who've memorized every little factoid, but he owns the original spaceships, the flying saucers. He owns them. and uh, Or at least one of them. At least one of them. He, maybe it's just one of them. Yeah, he got one off of uh, Bob Burns. Yeah, Bob Burns. What Stole cool it guy. from his house. <laughs> he After Bob died. <laughs> he went over and he said, I lent some books to Bob. I'd like to get those back. I know this is a rough time. But uh, I'm mean, making all this up. <laughs> you're writing Dana Gould fan fiction. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he wrote us a really cool forward. And uh, 
I think between the three of us all being illustrators and drawers of stuff, it's going to look good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. So I'm, bring your crayons and yeah. whatever dollar amount we set. I think it's going to be 12 bucks. Sounds okay. Yeah. I, I, wa- I want to Five hold- bucks is nothing now. So, right. He right. went into charge the same as the original movie cost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. 12 bucks. Nice, twelve. The, bucks. the budget of Plan Nine from Outer Space. Do you think if Ed Wood had, say, thirty million dollars, he could have made a decent movie? I think if he had someone else write it, like write the just write the dialogue, he could write all the plot points. Like, no, no. <laughs> well, I don't He's want that. Write the dialogue. I don't want that. But I'm just he saying. Does wonderful dialogue. I love his dialogue. Don't get me wrong. I love his dialogue. I'm just saying that if you wanted to have something that the masses would go slurp up like they do every Transformers sequel um, or whatever, you know, Marvel movie, Avenger movie, uh, you'd have to have someone else write the dialogue. But he could just say, here's the bullet points of what I want to happen in this movie. Script by Joss Whedon, based on an idea by Ed Wood. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. And I don't want that. That either. was it. That was the end of civilization right there. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> our fatal mistake. So, um, did I did I tell you anything I watched yet? No, no. You, you, you've just told us what you haven't watched. Yes. So, yes. Here's what I've not watched. I've, here's the long list of things I've not watched. Um, I feel like I saw a movie and, uh, on the television, <laughs> and I don't know what it was, so I'm not going to talk about that. But I will talk about what I watched in here. Did you I, like it? Must not have been that great, or I would have been like, "Oh, dude, you should have seen this. It was great." No, um, I I watched. You know, I, I dig the UFO stuff. Yeah, I really do, and I have an open mind to like. There are people who have experienced things they cannot explain. Sure. Okay. Great. Do I think they are flying saucers from another planet? I'm not sure. <laughs> I am not sure, but some of them. Some of the experiencers um, are convinced that they saw something from another planet or another dimension, and that adds a really cool uh, extra layer to this sort of uh, stuff. Yeah. And so I enjoy it. I really do. So I, that being said, I watched um, uh, Out of the Blue, the, in, the definitive investigation on UFOs. Now, this is a 2012 movie uh, documentary. Is this uh, Blue Eyes and Blue Book? Um, I believe that's what it refers to originally, or maybe because they come out of the clear blue sky sometimes. Um, it's narrated by Peter Coyote, so it's got a really good narrator, you know, that, that real believable, calm voice that, uh, you know, mm. you, you're willing to suspend your disbelief. Uh, the blurb says that it's widely considered the best documentary ever made about unidentified flying objects. Um but the uh, the producers traveled and got uh, some of the most famous UFO events on record, and they got high-ranking military people, government personnel, uh, and had people tell their stories. They had people from foreign governments saying, "Yeah, we know this shit's real." Um, so it's it's pretty fascinating, and it's a little outside the Barnes limit. It's an hour forty-six, and so you got to cut sixteen minutes, how, how long or is- pay me. <laughs> 16 grand that's right that's, there's a fine involved it's a thousand dollars a minute <laughs> is it midsummer long yeah it was a 
two and a half hours, I think. But it was okay. Yeah, it went quickly. I never felt like... uh, There were a couple scenes where I was like, okay, you could have trimmed this. But nothing that I felt was unneeded or, Mm. you know, went on too long. Okay. So you recommend... I do recommend it. Yeah. And and if you are kind of like, I don't know, I don't really care that much about UFOs, so it better be good if I'm going to watch it, this would be one to watch. Um, There's a series um, called Hangar One, The UFO Files. Now, this is stuff taken straight from MUFON. Are you guys familiar with MUFON? Why didn't they name it Hangar 17? See, that would have been great. So where did you see Out of the Blue? Um, Out of the Blue was on Amazon. Okay. So that should be Prime available to you. Check it out. Yeah. Um, Hangar One, the UFO Files, I believe I also watched on... Yes, I watched that on Prime as well. Um, Because I watched it here on that TV. And I typically do either Netflix or Prime. Uh, So this one um, was uh, 2014 into 2015. It's a series. Um, so basically what they're doing is they're going to the, um, the mutual UFO network or MUFON. They're going to them to get their stuff that's in their files from their investigations. Now, I feel like MUFON probably takes what they do seriously. And they're, I think maybe the one weakness, the one flaw with their organization is that perhaps they have a... Uh, investigators who really want to believe stuff and maybe don't just get the facts and 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 just the science of it all but i don't know that for a fact so they they do have a lot of incidences they talk about and one of them i really really wish was captured on some sort of video was uh, the one that happened at o'hare airport in chicago there was some disc that just kind of zinged into this area above an airplane like at one of the terminals and just hovered there. And was stuck there for hours. Yeah. (laughs) Needlessly. It it was delayed and then finally it was canceled and they had to bring in a different UFO. (laughs) It sucked. Um, But that was one that, damn it, why why couldn't... But but, uh, it was a United terminal and they said, nope, nobody saw anything and a bunch of employees came forward and said, we gave a report. We said we saw stuff, and we told them what we saw, and it was disc-shaped, and it hovered, and it shot out of there at a high rate of speed. It was cigar-shaped. It was cigar-shaped swamp gas. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, they cover a lot of different stories, and it's really, you know, really interesting if you... And I kind of was background watching it while I was working on the coloring book, because I could watch the screen and look, because, you know... Yeah. The TV on the wall is just above my line of view when I'm looking at my monitor, so I could toggle my eyes back and forth between two screens. <laughs> it's the future, guys. <laughs> Eye toggling. Let's talk about that uh, that house by the cemetery. Which one? The one that's got the Frankenstein's in it. Oh, I'm sorry. The Freud, the Freudsteins. The Freudstein house. Yes. Yes. Let's visit with the Freudsteins. Yeah. That is by the cemetery. Yes. Yeah. Right next to the house Dana Gould grew, grew up in. Mm. <laughs> on Cemetery Lane. Yeah. Um, so this is an Italian movie from 1981, and it's got a bunch of people who are per- perpetrating like they're Americans. Oh, I believe they were Americans. Yeah, and the dad or husband, whichever you want to call him, kind of is dressed like Chuck Norris would dress in the era. You know. I was advised that I need to get that guy's style. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the feathered hair. The yeah. The the, the turtlenecks and yeah, the big green chunky toe neck. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. If only he had worn a turtleneck at the end. Yeah, see, that could you have know? saved him. If he had wore that big, chunky, kind of sailor turtleneck at the end, they wouldn't have been able to rip his throat out. <laughs> I think the, the fashion item I wanted was uh, when they go to the, in the, the real, real estate office. Uh-huh. And there's, uh, I think her name's Laura Hill, the real estate agent. Yeah. But then she's got this assistant, and he's wearing this kind of uh, tartan sports jacket yes <laughs> man there were some good fashions in this yeah this was this was that era where it's like okay the 70s are just about over but not quite yeah mm-hmm. so we're still gonna you know keep our claws into some of that and yeah drag yeah. it with it was us. a good time yeah. it was yeah um I don't remember what I was wearing exactly in those days. We didn't have a lot of money. I know I had a Mr. Bill t-shirt. Oh, from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, the little, oh, nice. little Play Doh dude. Yeah, I remember I had that. And then probably a Van Halen shirt after I saw them. Yeah, probably. You know, that's that's a thing that I would have worn. Corduroy pants. You know, they can hear you coming. I seem to remember corduroy pants being big. Zoop, 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 zoop. <laughs> so, Tube socks with stripes on them. Oh, God. The horror of it all. Little shorts, also uh, with stripes. Hey, you know, that's another thing. I did watch the rest of Stranger Things, the third season. Oh. Speaking of short shorts and tube socks, good Lord. I'd be okay with them, like, doing some revisionist history and not showing all that. But <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, let's let's see let's see the naked drumsticks of all these gawky teen boys. <laughs> um, so uh, this movie, uh, Jolien, what's your history with it? Because uh, you've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had not seen it yet. I think it, uh, so. He did this like supernatural trilogy. I think. Yeah. Catherine McCall's in all of them. The Gates of Hell or whatever. So, so the McCall trilogy. Yeah. So it's like uh, uh, the uh, I think the Beyonders. Yeah, the beyond satisfying yeah. movie and City of the Living Dead, yeah, aka Gates of Hell. I really like that one too. It's got some great images in it. Yeah, the cats. Uh, this one's still got <clears> some <throat> some marvelous images in it, and it looks great. On the the photography is excellent. Um, yeah, it, the copy on Prime looked really sharp. Okay, yeah, it was taken from the Blu-ray. I'm guessing because right. it was really cleaned up. I was kind of amazed that because some of Prime's prime examples are pulled right from <laughs> mm-hmm. an old dvd or an old vhs i mean oh yeah they don't care yeah um so uh yeah and i'm it, i it's i think it's the weakest of that trilogy but it's still you know uh i, I really like it i've seen it several times oh okay it, you know, it, it really delivers on some crazy stuff it's like um it's kind of childish in in that it doesn't make sense uh i don't think it's it's strong enough to call it like dreamlike, like uh, the Beyond at its strongest, and and uh, City of the Living Dead. They feel more nightmarish. Right. This one feels more like a kid's sort of flow of images. Okay. And like the kid, uh, you know, it centers on the kid Bob. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, it feels like a kid's idea of horror. Yeah. Um, so. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starts out as a ghost story, kind of, 
and then it rolls into a Frankenstein movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a physical death, so you so you go, okay, well, this can't really be a ghost, mm-hmm. you know? Steve. Yeah, where are you, Steve? Um, yeah, and then at the end, it's literally this kid in a basement. You know, so you've got that like archetypal scary place for a kid. Yeah, and then what does a kid imagine when they hear noises and stuff in in the basement? It's just uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, those eyes were great. Here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the worst possible things a kid could think of happen. Yeah. But then there's an even worse thing, which is a mom who doesn't know how to beat on a door properly. <laughs> she certainly knows how to beat on a staircase. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did you guys notice that you could see the glue holding the key together <laughs> when she broke the key? No. Oh, no, but I kept saying, don't don't use a knife like that. Yeah. That's just an injury waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it really does center around the kid. So um, yeah, was this on the video nasties yep. list? Of all course. of his, uh, all of his trilogy were. They're just like Fulci. Just, just draw a big line. Just draw a line through all of it. Yeah, because I mean, he so gleefully goes for uh, trying to shock you and trying to revolt you. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the, now, did you see this after you saw Zombie or Zombie Two, whatever we call the one with the shark fighting scene in it? Uh, yeah, in the UK it was Zombie Flesh Eaters. Okay, and. Uh, I can't remember what order I saw them in. I probably saw Sitting the Living Dead first, because uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters has just disappeared for quite a while. Right. Uh, legally. Oh, okay. And I saw it, I think, yeah, I saw a, a cut version of uh, Sitting the Living Dead first. So, knowing what you know, well, if you didn't see Zombie Flesh Eaters, then you, if you didn't see that before, how but Well, you'd see it in you know, pictures in Fangorian. So. Okay. So, knowing about the eye trauma... When the mom is trying to rescue Bob, could they could they have named him a more grown up name, Chuck? I don't know. Anyway, um, he was a Chucky doll come to life. Yeah, he 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 was quite frightening. He was. There was there was something unsettling about that kid's face. Yeah, it's like he's a nice looking kid, but weird. Something weird about him. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, the mom doesn't know how to properly beat down a door. But then when she's prying with a knife right next to her face, I'm I'm just thinking, oh, it's going to break. She's going to slip and poke it right through her damned eyeball. And she didn't. Fulci, you disappoint us. You set it up. And you... I wanted an eye injury in this, and I didn't get uh, one. Yeah, there was one. With the uh... Oh, yeah, the lady gets supposed to get poked, I think. Yeah, the, the estate agent, she takes some eye violence, but they cut the effect because they weren't pleased with how the effect came out yeah but they left that crappy glued together key in there yeah but you can see her she's been injured in the eye when she's dragged off oh okay yeah yeah because i thought they were going for the eye and then they stick it in her then i thought oh they're going for the ear that's gonna be good (laughs) and then they stick it in her neck yeah we like to imagine that the uh the dad professor whatever his name was uh i mean he was just uh college teacher right you know he's getting five thousand dollars more a year he says so they moved him to boston okay and then he hires uh who he thinks is going to be a hot grad student but unfortunately she suffers annie yeah uh but unfortunately she suffers from the syndrome of one of jerry seinfeld's girlfriends where she looks good in some lights and other lights she's frightening Uh uh-huh and uh so that's off and then he's got a wife who's got a serious dexatrim problem, 
she's just about flipping out at anything. Right. And then he has a weird kid who's seeing yeah. Ghost. Yeah. And there might be a Frankenstein in the basement. Sure. And, uh, or a Freudenstein. A Freudenstein. Scheunenfreudenstein. <laughs> um, so so my, my question, I guess, about this is, does the movie really decide what it is <laughs> ever? Why should it? <laughs> Why do movies have to be about one thing? You can change that thing halfway through. And change it to something else. Yeah. And then another thing. I decided ghosts weren't scary, but Frankenstein's. No. Really getting me. Well, well, the whole thing with the dad, like, uh, it hints that he's been there before. Yeah, and then they kind of drop Does that mean that. there's a kind of loop around this house so that people turn up and the same thing happens or the people reincarnate and they come back? Or, or Yeah. What? Has he been there before because he's having an affair with Anne? Or, uh, you know, uh, someone who looked like him, was he the previous writer who went there? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that are yeah. not going to be answered. Okay, well, but yeah, if you if you're expecting those things to be answered, then this is your first Fulci movie. Yeah, no, I was yeah, I saw a bunch of reviews for this, and I was like, oh, these people have not watched Fulci. <laughs> yeah, because if this movie makes too much sense, I might not like it. <laughs> and, and that's that's a crazy thing. After watching it the next day, I felt like I didn't remember a yeah. single thing about it. I had to rewatch some scenes to go. All right, what? What did I watch? Do you, do you remember the images there? Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's just like flashcards. Here's this crazy thing, and here's yeah. this crazy thing. Um, now, here's a question: uh, Did the dad husband character was he in charge of hiring Anne, the babysitter who lost her head? I think he was. So he it wa- was not entirely clear. But he was trying to get in her corduroys, wasn't he? I think he was until he found out that she was two faced. Yeah, but has he and already, then headless. Has he already had an affair with her? That, he could have. Yeah, it was. It kind of hints that he has. It hints, yeah. but we don't know explicitly that no. that has happened. So, yeah. And yeah. she's destined to lose her head. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we, we see that at the beginning. Yeah. From the mannequin. That yeah. Looks like Lana Del Rey. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, those mannequins were scary. It was some of the scariest things in the movie. So the, the the budget was six hundred million Italian lira, which I think was what about twenty five dollars. I was going to say seventy five bucks, but you know, adjusted for inflation, um, it's a good looking movie. It is. It does look good. Yeah, it. That's the thing about this. That's crazy. Is is like if you made it coherent. Now it wouldn't be a Fulci movie, but mm-hmm. if you made it coherent and just tidied it up in a few different ways. Uh, you you might have something that a lot of people would have heard of and maybe considered it a, more of a classic. I think if this made sense, you'd start thinking, oh, they're just ripping off The Shining. Yeah, or Amityville Horror. Or yeah, because there's so many shared elements with yeah. movies of the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, th- I think that there were, and of course, being from Italy, you know, the filmmakers are going to immediately be suspected of just ripping something off. Oh, yeah. Because that was the way, you know. Um, yeah, this, uh, uh, the tombstone was marked Mary Freudstein or Freudstein and says she's not really buried there. And then uh, uh, Lucy finds a tombstone of Jacob Tess Freudstein while sweeping the hallway. And there's all this stuff like, oh, they want to give us a history, but do they really do anything with it? 
it allows us to have monsters and then a creepy the creepy lady at the end that takes the kid away and uh-huh. You know, if you took this fairy story and stretched it out over 10 to 12 episodes, you have a whole season of American Horror Story. <laughs> that sounds about right. Because none of those make any sense. They're just a bunch of tropes dumped uh-huh. like a bag of body parts out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it can be fun. I wish those seasons were like half as long. If they were six episodes, I think yeah. they'd be pretty good. I'm going to watch 984. I watched the pilot for the very first one, and then, as you say, it's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of tropes I've seen already. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not bothered watching 10 hours of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I watched the first one, and it was all like, oh, this is tropes. I think there was maybe one or two that they were kind of a twist on a trope that now I don't remember what they were, but at the time was like, oh, that's a cool twist on a trope, but it wasn't enough to okay. you know, make the whole thing worthwhile. Uh, and then I tried to watch season two, and about halfway through, I was just like, uh, this isn't working for me. Okay. Yeah. And I haven't gone back. There's too much to watch. Mm-hmm. You can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Don't rewatch. Just keep going. More entertainment. More. Yeah. Now, there's, there's a. There's a flaw here in this movie what? That, that, uh, that I can't that I can't let go of. And we were talking earlier about the uh, the chunky uh, turtleneck sweater would have saved uh, what's his name uh, Doctor Doctor Nor- Doctor Norman Boyle 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 yeah. Doctor Norman Doctor Norman Yes, so Norman uh, just kind of stands there, kind of. Uh, gasping and and uh trembling while the monster is ripping his neck open now don't you think if this is it like something's coming for your throat you're gonna just you know, like tense up and start swinging or shoving or something something See, i think maybe he thought he had put a turtleneck on because he wore them so often <laughs> yeah. that he was like oh it's going for my throat thank god i have the chunky turtleneck on and he was like fuck it's laundry day yeah and then he was dead yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. It, it, there was no, uh, there was no sense of urgency to protect his own throat from, you know, uh, being the and, thing that and causes kind the death. of the same thing. Well, trying to beat the door down with her son is there. You know, it's like, you, I think. No, that, no, I don't mean the mom. I mean oh, Anne. Anne, Anne. She gets yes. her throat cut, and she just kind of stands there while something yeah. comes at her with a knife. Yeah. At that point, we don't know what. And I understand the special effects. You have to do them a certain way. But there's got to be somewhere in between where maybe you can believe it a little bit. But I don't know. I I love special effects like this. In City of the Living Dead, there's like really slow moving zombies. Uh They just come right up to people who just stand there and they get the back of their skull ripped out. Or they're puking up their own intestines and just sitting there. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I think if somebody could have had a conversation with Fulci back then, it's like, dude, you know what you should do? Make this stuff look real. Make it look like they actually don't want to die instead of gasping and trembling and kind of leaning into the knife a little bit. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, if someone was trying to poke you in the eye, wouldn't you be doing everything to get out of its way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like t- turn your head to the side a little, perhaps? Yeah, there, there was a bit in Punisher Season 2 where somebody gets a knife to like the cheek and i was just like move your head stupid yeah <laughs> it goes to the side but yeah you forget about things like that in moments of stress yeah i guess 
Too bad my neck doesn't swivel much. Oh, I'm articulated. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Am I, am I like that mannequin that foretold the death of that girl? Ooh, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> that was actually a really fun movie. We should, we should do an episode on mannequins sometime. No. How about Splash? Mannequin 2 or oh. nothing. Mannequin 2. Um, the Reckoning, right? The Awakening. Okay. Part three would have been The Reckoning, but they couldn't get the budget together. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Cattrall wouldn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christopher Reeves owned the uh, rights to it or something. Yeah. Yeah, some shit like that. Something. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so this one, uh, you've mentioned it a few times, uh-huh. and uh, I had not seen it. and I, Nor had I. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So here, here but you had mentioned it, so and then it was like, what are, your, what are your first impressions of this? Uh, it was Fulci. <laughs> I don't know if that's a... So you knew it was around every corner? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I told Eugenia right off the bat, I'm like, this is Fulci. We've seen uh, City of the Living Dad. Mm. Um, She's like, which one's that? The one with the cats. Yeah, and I think, I know I've seen Zombie too. I don't know if she ever saw Zombie too, but we've watched several Italian horror movies, so she kind of knew what was coming. Okay. Yeah. You know, not a lot of sense, <laughs> lot, not a lot of logic, but a lot of really fantastic images. Yeah. And artistic kills, if such a thing can, you know, exist. Beautiful gore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I enjoy a lot of beautiful gore. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that that um, that part where the monsters guts were. Oh, that looked like chutney, didn't it? Mm. In fact, I'm imagining it probably was. And then there was Mm. the the whole maggot pouring scene. Mm. Oh, man, that loves uh, some maggots. Man, the Ugh. maggot wrangler must have been getting rich for a few years there. <laughs> Man, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got a lot of gore and... Uh, I forgot about not that. Not a lot of sense. Stuff coming out. Of goo and maggots and... Yeah. Whatever Ch- it was. Chutney. Chutney, It was yeah. totally chutney. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my my first viewing of it was like, well, I think I know what to expect. I was like, oh yeah, House Space Cemetery. That's um, which one is it? It's uh, and the movie starts. I went, oh, Fulci. Okay, yeah, here you totally. go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I know what I know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen, but when it happens, I'll know it. Should have I should have known it happened. It was gonna yeah. happen. If that makes any sense at all. Um, I mean, there's two kills like immediately. Yeah, which you know that that's the initiation into the movie. Yeah. It's like if you were seeing this in a movie theater and you paid for your ticket and you sat down and you had your popcorn, they're going to let you know right away. You know, Fulci wants to let you know um, you can get up now and leave. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be this kind of movie. It's, or stick around because it's going to be this. Yeah. He's one of the first characters you see in the movie. He's the, he's, the, he's the fellow who's talking to the father on the street. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know to look for that. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in most of his movies. Yeah. He's like, I want to be just like Hitchcock, except not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you think that scene was shot in New York? 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I have this uh, image of uh, like circa 1980, like a whole bunch of Italian directors in New York just shooting all this B-roll, like say so Fulci <laughs> down this street and Bertolenzi down that street, just <laughs> filming all these things that they can cut into the start of their movie and make it look really big and I kind of thought the same thing, yeah. you know, it's like, oh man, they love going to New York and filming for like, you know, a couple days, Yeah, just like, oh, we've got to go get some shots right because it looked very italian and then yeah there's like a couple scenes where like yeah that looks like an actual new york city street oh yeah, yeah. and i believe it's those are real real license plates mm-hmm. so you know yeah, like, and i think a lot of uh zombie was shot guerrilla style they, yeah there's no no permission or anything <laughs> yeah and i was wondering this one i was like i bet they didn't have a permit i bet they just <laughs> shot because it, it's an empty street yeah. who cares <laughs> right pay for a permit and what do students do in that case? Like, say, say you're an art student and you're out with your camera. If the cops roll up on you, where's your permit? Do you get to just say, I'm a student. It's cool. Don't worry, copper. You say it's right here in my... Go! <laughs> <laughs> and you all run. Yeah. And hopefully the slowest person gets caught. They the rest of you can get away. They can't catch all of you. It's true in wolfmen and cops hey, look, and wolf cops. Look, man, I don't have to be able to outrun a cop. I just have to be able to outrun you. Yeah, exactly. Cops are like bears in that way. <laughs> they're, they're just going to get their claws on the first one they can catch. Mm, bears don't have guns. Well, oh, you know, if true. they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. The right to keep and arm bears. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that's one of that's the thing. It's one of our rights. Um, so this one, um, I, I don't know if you had heard this or not, but uh, Fulci later claimed after making The Black Cat and The Beyond that he wanted to make a film in tribute to H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. without the film being based on one of his stories, which it certainly was not. Um, did you guys you'd heard that before, Julian? Yeah, I've heard this. Like, OK, Lovecraft. Uh, do you heard this yes. well? Uh, not for this one. No, but uh, does it make it make any more sense? No. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of you got like a scholar who's drawn into this occult horror world. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, Lovecraftian. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you've got some of that reanimator thing going on where yeah, you know, there's, a, there's an old house yeah, that's now occupied. It's not like the big cosmic Lovecraft, but it's right. The, it's that. Um, the settings. Somebody's drawn in by their, their own desire for More knowledge. So Down to earth Lovecraft. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> smaller stories, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, yeah, you've got. Focused the, on suburban life. Settings and devices. You don't need yeah. the big cosmic stuff. No. Just let that shit go. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I could see that, though, because, you know, you look at that house, you look at the house that Herbert West and what's his face were renting, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got dead cats and mysterious things going on. Yeah, I could see it totally. And, no, then, and so much of the horror in Fulci comes through the eyes. You know, it's the people desiring to know and yeah. brings about their downfall. Yeah, and don't ask questions and don't be so motivated. That just gets you in trouble. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, do we have a lot more to say on this? I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what more can you say? Uh, my, my favorite nonsensical bit is uh, when she's like mopping up with the blood. Oh, the that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. What are you doing, Anne? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. nothing. Carry on. I think she says, I'm mopping up the blood. And then the mom says something that's like not related. Like, 
oh well <laughs> yeah i mean it, it does there is like a brief implication that the mother's like hallucinating stuff yes. because of her treatments oh yeah but uh you know and you can pick up on that and uh, but you know it, it's, it's not explaining anything. No, no. I noticed that the real estate agent who gets who dies when she's caught in the tombstone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of the first things she does in the movie is run over a tombstone. Yes. Damn tombstones. <laughs> and also watching it this time around, the the dad uh, when when they're just leaving in their car when they're in New York. Uh huh. They're like packing up all their stuff. Uh, she's asking about you know. Uh, did you talk to the widow? And he says, "Well, what what do you say to a woman, to someone who's, uh, uh, you know, been widowed by a guy who killed his mistress and then committed suicide?" Wow, and, I didn't catch that. <laughs> wow, I thought there's got to be a card for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole section. certainly, yeah, somewhere in the commiserations section. Yeah. Sorry, your uh, husband killed some people and committed suicide yeah yeah murder suicide section of the hallmark cards yeah it's got to be at least one with garfield on it or something to show your feelings wine and or chocolate we hope we hope garfield's on there or the peanuts characters Mm -hmm. to really make you feel you know that they care it's funny you mentioned garfield because there was something i was going to propose this idea of something what was it going to be like Fulci movies minus minus the eye trauma or minus the nonsensical bits and then i thought of garfield without garfield oh Ooh, so you re-edit a Fulci and you take all the gore yeah. out and yeah and all the did, have you have you watched any of his non-horror films no, no i've no. not did, did he wouldn't. make any oh yeah oh yeah he's made a lot of movies. yeah he's made tons and tons of movies this is like golden age. This is like few years, like seventy nine to early eighties, when there's this great team around him. The, you know, the photography and the you know even though the scripts are nonsense, the you know the, there's something there. There's, right, they've got a power, um, and and you know he gets he gets a pretty good cast together. There's something something comes together in these few years, and they're and they're really memorable movies. I watch over and over. Outside of that, like you've got these like kind of weaker later movies, so they still have some interesting bits sometimes. Okay, and and then and before that, he, he did like westerns, comedies. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a pretty good one called Don't Talk to the Duckling. Yeah, I've seen that one. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of his kind of giallo. Yeah, it's fairly giallo. Uh, that, that's got some good stuff in it. But otherwise, uh, I, f- I find him pretty uh, weak. I'm, mm. Maybe it's because, you know, most Italian comedies are just, ugh. Yeah. I, <laughs> when they're not trying to be laugh out loud funny, they they do some really good ones, like uh, uh, Divorce Italian Style. Oh, okay, really, yeah. Really good. Uh, and, and a lot of the stuff in the, uh, like the Sergio Leone movies, there's lots of funny stuff in those. But a lot of their comedies is just so flat for me. I probably wouldn't. It's like cultural thing, I imagine. Yeah, maybe. Um, and apparently, what a lot of their when you know, when they had a film industry, uh, a lot of their output was just provincial comedies, mm. uh, pretty crass uh, stuff that they play well in the outside of the cities. Yeah. And then the arty ones that we're used to in the West, or they're in the West, aren't they? Yeah. That we're used to in like England and the US. Yeah. Would be the stuff that would just play in the cities. 
Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I've seen some of his comedies, and I probably wouldn't have sat through the whole thing if it didn't have, like, Edwidge Fennec or some, someone in it that yeah. I, I really liked. Um, yeah, I, I don't like those at all, really. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen too many of them, so maybe there's some good I've ones. not seen uh, many Italian comedies, but it makes me think of Mexican comedies. A lot of them are very kind of crude and broad mm-hmm. and it's they don't work but you know you occasionally see one or two that you're like oh okay this guy still funny but these people i don't know if it's cultural or what mm-hmm. it just it doesn't doesn't do anything right, for me right. hmm. well this is good information because i, I want to know what to pursue and what to avoid as far as far as a, a filmmaker's movies um yeah, so so uh, Fulci horror movies minus the gore. What would they be except for kind of a weird nonsensical drama? Mm-hmm. And of course, I mentioned Garfield without Garfield, and that's something I think you told me about that. Will yeah, was somebody went through and erased Garfield from all the Garfield comics, and it just looks like John having an existential crisis. Or yeah, first they took out just Garfield's thoughts. Uh, that was the first one I saw. And so John's just talking to a cat, and he looks nuts. Yeah. So somebody then thought, well, let's just take Garfield out, too. And then he really <laughs> looks nuts. He's just talking. He's just having, like, set up and no punchline, you know. It's, right. He's usually silent in the last panel, just standing there. <laughs> just staring at the middle distance. Uh-huh. <laughs> John's lost his damn mind. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, why is this strip even called Garfield? Yeah, Garfield without Garfield. Is that the name of the guy? But no, it's No, says, his name is John. So what the hell? Where's the Garfield come from? Is that his other personality? Yeah. That he's talking to? That never answers? Anyway, so yeah, Fulci without, without gore, without the kills would be... Yeah, without the strong imagery is pretty weak. I yeah. Find. Yeah, because these, uh, these folks wouldn't if... keep you amused at all in this movie. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the Italian horror movie Ghost House. Yeah. It's nonsensical. Uh, it's got a ghost. I think it's got a bit of... I don't remember if it has much gore in it. But it doesn't have... Whatever Fulci movies have at this time, that movie doesn't have. It doesn't have s- the imagery. It doesn't have something. Yeah, some just spark a few years there. later when they... They really yeah. collapse and it's probably yeah like just feels more like a five TV. six years later yeah TV movies exactly it's got a real weak plot real weak acting real weak camera work yeah you know. I find yeah. like around eighty five eighty six I think so demons was the last Italian mm. one that really kicked yeah kicked it and then, um, yeah after that it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well you know you can't keep them going forever yeah i, I keep hoping you know occasionally a, a like a, a yellow throwback will, will come up or something like that but I've, I've not found a really good one yet yeah yeah i wonder do you have to have not just the elements that make a giallo but also some of the look and feel of like the film stock and the sound and I mean, for it to really work, for it to really land? Or could you do a high-budget, modern-day thing with all those elements, but not not the uh, aesthetics? Like, would it work? Yeah, and those you have to go... There has to be some ex- extreme imagery in there. 
something to really punch you in the guts. And yeah. yeah, I don't think you could spend a lot of money now and do that. Yeah, that's probably true. But I mean, if, but if you had a budget, like mm. whatever you needed, whatever you wanted, but you didn't have the film stock looking a certain way or the sound sounding a certain way, would it still land as a giallo? Because I don't know that it would. Not, not to me. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't feel like it to me either. I mean, you, you'd have to put uh, aging John Saxon in there and then get some old Kodak film from like 1978 and then, you know, run everything through a four track recording thing onto magnetic tape. And Did you all catch the J and B ad? <laughs> in the movie no. where was the James? <laughs> it was on the bus at the beginning oh maybe it i did pulls see by and uh yeah. yeah i so for listeners who don't know what we're talking about the j and b uh scotch it's a blended scotch that's not not the greatest um it's it's very present the middle shelf middle tier yeah scotch. yeah it's not bad but it's not top shelf no um it is uh it is well known to be product placement in every Italian movie of the horror genre. Anyway, uh, it just shows up all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because they got a case if they showed the label. Yeah. In the movie. And yeah. They're, and so. they're like a case. That's twelve bottles. Yeah. Stupid Americans. They could have just gotten away with ten because we're you know we're using the metric system over here, but that's like two free bottles. <laughs> that's what they were saying. <laughs> I, I believe that was the case. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was the case. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, well, should we leave it on a high note? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, listeners, um, check it out. Yeah. Uh, let's let's yeah let's make the rounds. Do you recommend it, Jolien? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it. You recommend it? Yeah. I do too. I think it, it, if you're going to watch Fulci, a Fulci movie, watch all of them. Well, no, 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 no. Let me take that back. If you're going to watch a Fulci horror movie, watch all of them. From what I've just learned from you, Jolien, don't watch the dramas and the yeah, just comedies. Yeah, anything 79 to early 80s. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's good stuff. There it is. Yeah. All right. Listeners, thank you for listening. Time bananas. You were wondering if he was going to do it, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>